When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. It was first day back at work, so, you know, they were all the big bosses, you know. That was the, so this is the first time you guys had actually been, like, everybody in, in the building? Well, I mean, the last couple of weeks, you've been filtering in uh, and out. Um, today was my first day, kind of like back to back, doing things, and uh, uh, it was a lot, man. It was a lot, a lot of people, you know, a lot of new people, a lot of people that you, you know, because when I, I was only like two or three months in before the pandemic hit. So like a lot of people got fired, a lot of people got hired. Oh shit! <laughs> so it was like getting yeah. reintroduced to everything and everyone. But you want to be there. You've been talking about fired. this the entire mm-hmm. time. You've been talking about wanting to be in the room, like physically in the office, yeah. because that's how you I'm, kind of brainstorm. What was it? Everything yeah. you hoped and dreamed for it to be the last two years. Oh yeah, definitely. It was. It's just getting. Getting up and going to work requires a different energy. <laughs> yes, of course. Getting, yes. Getting That's what normal adults and, do, but yes. Right. No, no. And I mean, as you've, of course, as I, you've I, told I've us, you, you've, been, you've been not wearing pants yeah. the last two like, years. Yeah. I, it was, it was so weird. there's an adjustment for you. That's tough, Tone. Yeah. It was really weird having to do that again. Uh, pants. Put it on pants to start a meeting okay. versus like – you know, not having any and just kind of enjoying the layout of your home. It's, it requires a different energy. And like, even when you don't feel your best, you need to provide the energy necessary so people can, you know, support what you're doing. Cause if you just come in there like, Oh, I don't know guys. And that's their first impression of you. Right. It's like sours it. So, you know, you push through it. And uh, that's what I did until uh got back to the fiance's apartment and passed out. She said she she shook me and I didn't move. Damn, he was dead. (laughs) See what happens when you make Tony do actual work? Yo, man. Uh, I would not have known before this story what, how that goes. I wouldn't have known. He's always wide awake, unfortunately. So now we know when he actually working, sleep. So the past year has been more like 
when we need him to do something, it's like we're interrupting him and inconvenient. Like uh, I was just about to have, uh, you know, dinner at nine o'clock. Oh, I'm mm. sorry, Tone. <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but we have this thing that we scheduled with you. <laughs> that we so, all pay uh, you uh, for. I was I was happy when you were like, uh, can we do this tonight? I was like, yes, I can back to nap. <laughs> Hoping you would be back to normal between not feeling well and just uh, having to like commute in and everything. Yeah, commute also awful. Like traffic, <laughs> awful. Right. Yeah, who Yo, invented traffic? I, traffic needs to be uninvented. Well, see, Tony. Here's the thing. I don't know if your commute from your folks' crib to mm. the office or the the studio is the same as mine from my apartment. I'm moving out of this week mm-hmm. to my studio, but it's like forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Give or take, is that about I the mean, same? Uh, maybe closer to 30, 35, just because, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in terms of uh, you take 55 or I take uh, 57. Okay. Yeah. I, I live a couple miles away from 55. So I just take 55 and go all the way down. Yeah. Um, and at that time, like, I got there at 11. So everybody's pretty much at work. So it was like, yeah. That, that's oh, usually yeah. how it is for me too. But even then, it's like forty minutes. But like, mm-hmm. so this is—it's crazy. Like, this is the last episode I'm going to record in this apartment, and mm. the commute from because I've been going from the studio to my new place every night, dropping stuff off. Mm-hmm. Seven minutes, bro. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of all the time that I I spend in my car commuting, mm-hmm. and I know. crazy. Hey, you didn't ask for help. I, I mean, I got, show I got a truck. Well, my dad's truck. I could have helped. I appreciate it, bro. I have a truck, Russell. Oh, well, my dad's truck. <laughs> I I honestly appreciate that. Um, I'm sure Tony's dad bro. doesn't appreciate his truck being volunteered. No, it's been fine. He would have these. My always pay movers. Like it, I have. I've had zero oh stress. Gosh, yes, because like mm-hmm. yeah, I know movers back. are coming on Nothing Saturday. Else for your back. Right. Right. And like I think you're, I think the people who we've talked about this on the pod, the people who ask their friends to help them move are bad friends. What? I don't think so. Uh, I I would say up to a certain age and a certain point in life, it's still kind of okay. It's still acceptable. Yeah, like I'm still able bodied. I would also say Tony would... that Tony. I would also say that you're past that age though. <laughs> no, I mean that's what that's what friends and, and, and family you know are for, right? Like. Mm. I, I would well, rather. I think you're learning that you that's, not that what, that's not what that's not what these that's not what these two friends are for. Just so you know, <laughs> please, yeah, don't make me that friend, Tony. You you yeah. you need to go to the hospital. Call, but like, hey, help me pick up this dresser. Absolutely not, <laughs> Russ. What about like uh, what about like a ride to the airport? What do you think about that? Yeah, I can do that. Like, is it cool to ask someone for a ride to the airport when now in 2022 you could just get Lyft? I mean, if it's if if I'm going that direction or I live close to you, sure, that's fine. But like, mm-hmm. okay, like I I don't think that's as big of a deal as Tony saying, "Can you lift up this bed frame and carry it down ten flights of stairs?" And <laughs> you know, like, but oh, yeah, I, I mean, if, can you're, I, if you're I'll helping somebody I'll move, that's said. a full that's a full day. It's a full day. I'll admit that's what I said, Tony. Than just like an hour to drive someone to the airport. If you're if you're you and Jason are like. Yo, let's grab dinner. Uh, I need to take these five boxes to the new place. And I'm like, yo, you guys mind come helping me grab these boxes and take them over and then we can go to dinner. I think that's different than 
help me carry this 300 pound chest down a flight of stick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's yeah. levels to it. I, yeah. I, I appreciate the, you know, consideration and you being considerate as a, as a friend, but really like it would have been no problem. Like if you need to help, like, I, I, that's not that. That's not that. Like, All right. Well, it, I'm so I mean, used to doing it. How now. do, how do like, we get you, you know, to treat, how do we get you to treat the show that way? Cause like, we're also counting on you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony, lift. How do we get we you, need to- you to help? We need you to help move us from the start of our podcast <laughs> to the end of our podcast. Can you help right. us with without yeah. your dad's truck? But like, we need help. Oh man, that's a yes. That's a I, like that's three hundred pounds. You. <laughs> I appreciate the offer. Like, I appreciate that you would help either of us move. But um, let me just speak for Russ. I think he'll allow it. Um, Russ is paid movers. And I'm not moving. So we would collectively like to trade in that favor you're offering for mm-hmm. like just just medium level effort on the podcast. If you could. What is one percent better every time? And no, since I said one percent better, it's been like 13 percent better. Uh, I don't even know if you could. That's how math works. Uh, yeah, I'm about to say I don't <laughs> think that's how the math works, but OK. All right, let's start this show and see how he does, Please. Russ. Let's, let's get it started. Uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure, my co-host, Russ Dorsey. Nice to see you, Russ. You Thank look you, well. Sir. Good to see you too, buddy. No, I'm doing You look very a little well, bit uh, refreshed, even though you have a lot going on. You look kind of like alive, you know? No, I... He's I'm, just saying, I'm he's just saying you look moisturized. I, mean, I do look moisturized. <laughs> I'm, look very Maybe it is. I don't know. Got, a little Arizona glow back from their yeah. spring training. Uh been drinking water, taking my, my Flintstones vitamins. And it's been really like exciting, like getting ready for a move again. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. so yeah, man, I'm I'm cool. Like I, I thought it was gonna be way more stressful, but like planning ahead and obviously having the movers, you take a lot of that stress out. Good. We also have our producer, uh Tony One Percent Better Gill is here so and sports adjacent as always is brought to you by sheets and giggles you can go on to sheetsgiggles.com and use our promo code sa that's it just sa and get 23 percent off usually you get these deals russ and they're offering 20 percent off the guys at sheets mm-hmm. and giggles wanted to do something that had like kind of a chicago feel to it since we're a chicago-based show so 23 percent off i think you know we can't say it because like you know the person himself is not involved, but you kind of you know what we're getting at. You guys get it. You guys understand what the twenty three percent off is. I love those sheets. I am doing the show today from West Palm Beach, Florida, because I'm covering the NFL owners meetings in Palm Beach, and I'm in the decent hotel. Like no complaints about the hotel, but it's just like regular sheets. And I and th- I'm telling you, man, like. These the sheets and giggles sheets are so smooth and comfortable, and as Tony says, they hug your butt so well that it like ruins normal sheets for me. Yeah, you don't need to make any hand motions, please, Tony. Yeah, that's <laughs> refrain from him. Look like, yeah, I'm not even sure what you're signaling with your hands. Like, I think I know what you, I know what you think you're signaling, but you might actually be signaling something much different. I don't think I can help you with that, sir. With that that cupping gesture that you're making. <laughs> That's how it's snuggle they, you know. I, if they do cup you, they cup you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sheetsgiggles.com. You get 23% off with promo code SA. We're kind of we're kind of on parallel courses here, Russ, because you were out of town the last week. 
plus, I think, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. like a week or so. Yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah, Arizona like doing spring training. And uh, I'm in Palm Beach for the week, which is uh, an interesting place for me to be because, I, you know, I can't afford to be in Palm Beach. That's where the billionaires stay. <laughs> uh, but I, my hotel, I commute from West Palm over to regular Palm every day. And uh, it's very nice, and, but it's early mornings every day, which I, I, as I recall from covering spring training when I was a kid pretty yep. much, th- those are early right. mornings too. Yes. Early, early club mornings. I got and, a uh, you, Neither you nor I is built for that. Yes, Tone, go ahead. Um, is there like a mutual understanding because you're going to be seeing these, uh, these billionaires, these millionaires around that mm-hmm. it's like a – if you see me doing something ratchet, what's, <laughs> it needs to stay here. Is it, is there like an unwritten, uh, unspoken rule that if Russ Dorsey or Jason Leeser sees a GM or something while mm-hmm. being a wild boy, that you just kind of <laughs> just look at probably, each other and do do the head nod, and then you keep keep going back to what you were doing? It might depend on what it is, but for the most part. Yes, I think if you were to take some story, if you were to see someone uh, drinking too much, for example, we'll say, and then go blab about that on a podcast or write about it, I don't think I, I, you probably would not be credentialed to come back. And I don't know. That, that doesn't seem as long as it's something that's not against the law or, you know, grossly improper. I, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, would you guys? One of the things they. You- Go ahead, Tom. You no, have no, a no, million no, no. weird questions about this. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Uh, you well, never covered these, so you're probably yeah, very no. interested. Go ahead. Very much so. So if, in, for example, if you saw someone committing murder, but they were like, hey, don't tell, you have a right. forever inside source. If you don't snitch Sure, on, yeah. Would... would well, ob- yeah, obviously that's a deal I would take, Tone. Yeah, I'll cover. Mm-hmm. I'll help you cover up a murder... And uh, in return, you'll give me a heads up when you're going to cut the third string tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Russ? <laughs> I don't know, man. That That's a little, uh, it's a little excessive tone. I mean, you, you you get the Woj, Adam Schefter news first every time for the rest of your career. But murder, Tony. Hey, but you got to cover it, it, up for murder, Tony. No, no, no. That's no, what you're it's saying. Not cover, it's not. It's not cover up. Just kind of just turn. No, no that is covering up. And no, seeing and not saying is covering up. Mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah, Tony, yeah. you you go to jail for that. Mm, I mean, they can't go to my mind. You're an accessory at that point. That's what the legal. That's Tony. what they sue you. Yes. No, I mean, Russ. Tony, he's, you he's can't. Right. Mm, he's right. Accessory to murder. <laughs> Right, that's what you can say on the stage. No, stand. they're not going to say mm. life. Yeah, he's just going to make funny, like uh, confused hands and a funny face, and they're just going to be like, "Oh, this guy, we like this guy." Yeah, because, because we get it. Because also in the moment, if they were capable of doing that, they might be capable of doing that to me. So it was like, mm. maybe I would lie to him. Be like, "Oh yeah, I won't tell." Go right to the police okay. station. What if they got off because they were had lots of money, which happens in Ooh. our beautiful country? I'm like, well, Jesus, take the will. <laughs> I have to do the right thing. <laughs> you got to protect me. On this so one. you, you, if I'm understanding this right, you've got like, uh, I don't know, 
Les Snead. You've got like the GM of the world champion Rams or whoever. We're not saying mm-hmm. Les Snead would do this, but anybody. You, you've got them at a work meeting with mm-hmm. the entire like league office and all mm-hmm. of their peers. And they're at a hotel that's like wild boys. $1,500 a night. And mm-hmm. at on this work trip, they, they're going to they just end up murdering somebody. Either like or looking for accident. something fun to do or somebody just kind of happens. Yeah, you know, classic accident. They just accidentally mm-hmm. kill somebody. And uh, you happen to see it. And mm-hmm. you're going to try to make some kind of trade of I won't tell anyone about this murder, but uh, you give me all the he- you let me break all the news. That's how you're going to do journalism. That's your this is all your plan. The thought will come to mind. You know, you give them the, the, the conceited face, my favorite gif of you. When you see it, you look at them, they look at you and they're like, you're like, they know what that means. They know that I saw what I saw. Can I give you some, can I give you some advice, Tone? Please give him advice. Like you, you need to get a lawyer like tomorrow mm-hmm. and not that you've done anything, but like preemptively, you need to get a lawyer and you need to like get all these questions out to a qualified attorney and not to me and Russ who, you apparently don't take seriously when we explain to you the most obvious thing in the world is that you'll be you'll be part you'll be an accessory to murder in this case. I'd be like, uh, get, a lawyer, get a lawyer right can, now, please. How, how can we come up on this? Oh my god, yeah, you, you yes, please get a lawyer. <laughs> Do you guys have what lawyers? happens at this? Not for that, not like, not like preemptively in case I am an accessory to murder, but you need one to do certain things for you. Like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of well to do folks when they feel offended at something like, I'm going to get my lawyer. Like, I feel like you guys have reached spaces in life that you can, no, you have a, I don't know quite at that level, like just to have a lawyer on retainer. Russ, you have a lawyer. Russ has a lawyer. Okay. I have, I do, I know a couple, um, District attorneys that are friends that, you know, should get rough. <laughs> I know who to go to. <laughs> okay. right. uh, are they good enough friends that you could like, you know, have them sit down with Tony, just please to help him for like half an hour? Yeah. My so one get all these questions. She out. was she is so, so no nonsense. She'd be like. She'd say, Anthony, Anthony, you need to get it together because you're going to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's breaking down like that. Oh, man, I can't go to jail. There's no sheets and giggles in jail. Oh, no, there's not. But you know who is in jail. Don't, they, trust, Tony, they do not want to be part of this conversation. Don't do that again. <laughs> Tony, you want to intro this because you're so excited? Oh, no, no, no. I think you guys should. I'm no, no, Tony. that's fine, Tony. You Tony's can. such Tony. a <laughs> Tony is just saying. like he cannot hold back. He's like a sprinter at the starting line, waiting to he get into aroused. the slap. This we are recording this Tuesday night, and the slap between uh, Will Smith hap- uh, slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars happened forty-eight hours ago at this point, and to- I can't imagine what the forty-eight hours have been like for you, Tony, waiting to talk about it on here but tony wanted us to do an emergency podcast on this and i could make you a list russ of the things that have happened in the past year including the insurrection at the capitol where tony did not ask us to do an emergency podcast somehow this is the only thing that has ever in over a year risen to the level that we need to do an emergency podcast for and after tone you texted me and russ about it and got really kind of nothing because Mm -hmm. you know we're just like normal people 
Then, right. then you like went to dad about it. Then you like texted Lawrence about it too to try to get us in trouble with him for not doing one. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm telling you. You need to take the wheel here, Tone. Yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, dad. all right. By, go ahead. By, by now, everybody has seen, heard, um, or felt uh, the slap. Uh, that and given a Smith. take on it. And oh, give it yeah. a take on it. You can't like you can't like sift through the news without getting like <laughs> here's Jim Carrey's take on the slap. Here's so and so's take on the slap. Here's what the mm-hmm. late night hosts are, t- are saying about the slap. Here's what Johnny Manziel thinks about the slap. Yeah. It so was, now it was we're the, just joining that chorus. It was the only piece of content that didn't involve you know you know uh, government issues that went across the landscape of sports, news, entertainment. Everybody with a platform, small or great, had an opinion. It really unified the world. This is one of the few things that has been a unifier. I mean, as an example, we couldn't get the American version of this life to fully understand. We had to get the Japanese version to get. We all worked together on this. Well, because it was the Australian audio footage. Yeah. It was (laughs) one of the one, the. You, th- I remember th- there was a couple of days that were just truly fun on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the days. <laughs> like some, like the the day where you were like, remember Twitter? The day Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Like it's gonna be one of those. Oh or, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, I want it to be, but I don't know, here. man. There's some people are making it very, very, very serious. Like as I was trying to sift mm-hmm. through news mm-hmm. and sit, just find information, like find Will Smith's apology post. I come mm-hmm. across like a think piece in the Atlantic that says <laughs> two Americas are absorbing Chris Rock, uh, the Chris Rock Will Smith slap. It's like, can't, can't this just be like somebody slaps somebody in an award show and we all kind of <laughs> laugh about it? Like, does this, does this have to be a big deal? I mean, like after the, after we got through all the jokes and sift through all the jokes, which were all funny, um, there is, a, a, I guess, a deeper conversation to be had of a black man slapping another black man in front of company. That's not what you I, know? I, I, because I, I see, I hear that. That's not what. Well, let's let's start with with the joke, right? Chris Rock doing his his jokes while presenting made the joke about Jada Pinkett Smith uh, being G, uh, what in GI Jane two. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, Jane was a movie like twenty right. years ago where Demi Moore shaved her head to play uh, a, a soldier, I think, or something like that. Correct. I didn't see the movie, but I get uh, the reference. And so then, obviously, Jada has alopecia, right? Medical condition. She shaved her head. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that until. Last Let's see. Yeah, that's not the problem. Uh, that, that's one of the problems. That's one of the that. problems. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Here's the thing, guys. She has a. Huge platform, public platform, where she talked about her battle with alopecia and the reason she shaved her head, kept her hair short for so long, and then decided to just take it all off. Yeah. Um, but j- because you didn't know, can't be an excuse. I think it is uh, because the assumption is I know everything that's going on with Jada Pinkett Smith, and that's I think that's a perfectly good excuse. Like the world doesn't revolve around Jada. Right. Like if I saw it, you know, oh, I didn't know that. But I'm not going to assume everybody knows she has just because she's a famous person. Like I I doubt if I ask my entire family. I'm pretty sure none of them would have known that she has alopecia. 
I think there's I didn't more know until to it after the where, fact. Go ahead. And TMZ reported that Chris Rock did not, not know this. They were citing a source saying Chris Rock was not aware of that. I, it, you're, you're probably right, Russ, that that doesn't that's not an excuse, but it helps you kind of connect some of the dots when you find that out after the fact, when you see, OK, well, here's why here, here's why he'd make that joke, because he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And here's why she'd be upset about that joke, because that's something pretty personal that she that's not a choice. It's not something she has control over. It's not like a hairstyle that she's chosen necessarily. It could be sensitive. Like I, I, it helps me kind of put the pieces together of how this happened. There's a so there's a couple things. He makes the joke, yeah, mm-hmm. and then Will's initial reaction. He he did like kind yeah. of laugh. Yeah, right. That's why I thought it was fake. That's why I thought it was staged because he it didn't connect between his facial expression and then what happened next. But maybe it was like a fake, <laughs> like because he knew the camera was on him. But then maybe like then you see Jada's reaction and she was not pleased. No, there was no laugh whatsoever, right? Right. Um. And so then the switch goes off for Will, right? Where, let's say the the fake laugh was because he knew he was on camera. But while I when I saw like I, one when Tony was texting all these things, I was putting stuff together at my new place mm-hmm. and hadn't looked at oh, my yeah. phone, you, hadn't looked at the You had no reason to be watching the Oscars. I was no, like, I, yeah, I nobody was just, had no. any reason to watch the Oscars. No, I've not seen the Oscars. I still haven't seen the Oscars. I saw only that clip that was going around on Twitter on Japanese television. <laughs> and so then, uh, so, so I, my first thought was, okay, what made Will go, you know what? That, that does it, sir. I'm going up here and I'm smacking the shit out of him. One of those things is, you know, Will and Jada have been in jokes for a while now. Part of that is their own doing. You saw you saw that Chris Rock was like, I could do a lot. And then he kind of stopped. He's like, hey, like, that was a like, good hey, one. Just so you know, I got a lot of I jokes could. about you, but I chose that one. Right. So, like, they, they've been out there a lot yeah. in the butt of a lot of jokes. Part of that is on them. Part of them, like, hey, they're the ones to joke on. They're easy jokes, blah, blah, blah. I think part of Will, it, w- it wasn't that it was Chris Rock. It was like, I'm smacking Chris Rock because I can't smack each and every one of you for making these jokes. Like, y- y'all yeah. done making these jokes about me and Jada. You know what? It's, I agree, one. I definitely agree that it looked like mounting frustration. Um for everything that Will Smith uh, and Jada has gone through these last uh, few years. Um, a lot of it self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a, lot like, of, a lot of it has been a result of things that they've chosen. I think there's such a big difference between uh, something you choose to do and something mm-hmm. that you don't. Making fun of something that somebody is doing on purpose versus something that mm-hmm. they have no control over. But I mean, Regina Hall gave gave him a joke, um, you know, about their open relationship. Um, that yeah, but that's night. something they're choosing. Um, that's what I'm saying. But, is that, that's, but that's, it's also it's also so shows their if it also shows their like you should know that I have this problem, and it's like, why would you assume that? Like, if he legit didn't know, then it's like, why why that reaction? That's why you say, hey, did you know that she, you t- wait, go backstage or you wait till the commercial break. Then you walk up to him and be like, hey, did you know she's got alopecia? 
Like that's how you that's how you handle it. Like he that was emotional right there. The well, see that, and the last one, like I, the I one, I don't think you should put your hands on people. Two, it's like if I'm already fed up, it takes one thing for me to just say, "All right, I'm done." And during the middle of the Oscars, like I don't want that to be lost. This wasn't some the. I don't want to say I was about to say the BT word. Like it wasn't some like random the Source award show. Yeah, the Source Awards. <laughs> this was the Academy Awards, the Oscars, <sighs> and Will Smith, one of the biggest actors of a generation, walks on yep. stage, and then you hear Chris Rock go, "Uh-oh, Richard." And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> you can't make the joke, the dude approaching you, and then call him Richard Williams. <laughs> <laughs> But, but he sport. didn't think it, I don't think Chris Rock had any sense that it was about to be that kind of altercation at that point. Oh, that's no. how you get slapped. Because yeah. he wasn't in the stance preparing for a slap. He wasn't and then Will proceeded no. to smack the taste out his mouth. Yeah. The now, so we're all in a, we're all in agreement that this was real at this point, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I didn't, there are too many things where it was just like this is not fake. What, what I, I know a lot it, of people thought that, initially, but, "Oh, this is the work." That, I didn't. Yes, and that part of it has been a journey for me because when I first saw it, I'm like, "These guys are literally actors, both of them." Mm-hmm. Chris Rock, not such a good actor, but they're both actors. Like, and they're doing this at a thing for actors that desperately needs attention of any kind. And I mean, like Will Smith could pull that slap off in a fake way. He's a good enough actor. He won Best Actor this year. That Correct. Same night. Ten minutes later, in fact. And then I gradually went through this journey of like, no, no, wait, this is real. This was definitely real. And and this is like Russ. I've been in South Florida covering the NFL meetings. Like this is what this is what all we've been talking about. Other than when we've <laughs> yeah. been interviewing people, this is all me and my reporter friends have been talking about for the last forty. It's the only thing we've been discussing at all. The Matt Eberflus, all Ryan most Bowles of us have kind of gone it. through the same. Most of us have gone down the same path of initially being like, oh, this is staged. And now like, oh, wow, it's not. Are I didn't, you asking, Tom? You think the coaches no, think, are discussing this? Yeah, did Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles think it was real? It did not come up. Did not Nobody come up. asked them? Tony, we're actually this is, this is why I need, to, I need to go down to these places when things like this happen. No, you don't. We I need to cover the first segment why people, you should never be in these The people situations. need to know. The people no, need to know don't. what their opinion are on the biggest news story, essentially in the world, okay. these last couple of days. Well, I'm right. I'm very sorry that I have let you down, Tone, in mm-hmm. my journalistic effort. Sorry. Yeah. Apology uh, 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 to you. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, things happen. You know, you could have been like, That's hey, uh, me, Jason Leeser of Sports Adjacent. Um, did you think the slap was real? And that's all it would have been. You know, they're going to be they, like, I sat you down, know, the response is security. I sat down with Ryan Poles, and the bad, it was mm-hmm. very bad timing because when him and I sat down and had a lengthy conversation, mm-hmm. it was like an hour before that happened, so I missed my shot. Uh, okay. That would have been my first question. Sorry, buddy. So, so here's my thing. So the one of the other reasons I knew it wasn't a work is because – so after the slap, Will, yeah, Will's walking away, and like you see, Chris is shocked. Where a guy like Chris Rock, who talks on stage for the last thirty years, mm-hmm. yep, was lost for words. Like he he had trouble yes. getting himself back into mm-hmm. monologue mode, 
And he's right. just like, uh, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Right? <laughs> and so then he's trying to continue on to then Will yelling from his seat, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Right. Then repeats that mm-hmm. as everybody in the room is now looking. You got Lapita who's sitting right next to Will like, oh my God, I cannot believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. uh, Beyonce and, and Jay-Z sitting over there. Beyonce smiling, which is funny. And then you have Jay-Z, who is in like utter shock. And the funniest part of Twitter was just like Jay-Z had flashbacks of the elevator. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, but everybody in the room knew that mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to happen. Right. And I think yeah. just the yeah. the utter shock was just seeping through all the A-list stars. Uh and then Chris but goes. I have two questions for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. Well, after after he says it, Chris goes. Well, he's like, "Keep my wife's name out of your mouth," and then you just hear Chris, "I'm going to." <laughs> like, please stop! Right. I, I got it. it. I got like from the <laughs> slap. I got it. Yeah, my face is still numb. I get it. No problem, sir. Yeah, that was uh. Oh, my, my question is this, Tony. Do do you think mm-hmm. one is Jada was Jada happy at the end of that night? And mm-hmm. two, were the Oscars happy, even though they've said that they're not? Um, I think that the Academy was happy because, again, nobody was really watching it uh, before. And now you have this this clip, this viral moment at the Academy. Like, the way this works out um, is it's like all, all, all press is good press in terms of entertainment media people because now especially now like something right. can go viral because it's good or viral because it's bad and it doesn't right. matter really but the importance is that it goes viral and now exactly. people are hashtagging the oscars talking about the oscars and uh, unless somebody is like they stain the credibility of this great academy and like unless somebody's like that your event went viral your event that's a success there would have been nothing that happened all night that would have went that viral. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it's I think very rare viral. that it's very rare that you're still talking about an award show of any kind mm-hmm. a couple of days later. I mean, it's been yeah. like it's always because of some incident. It's because of, you know, back way back in the day, it was Britney Spears and Madonna kissing. Then it mm-hmm. was uh, at, at some award show. And then it was uh, Kanye and Taylor Swift. And then. Uh, a few years ago at the Oscars, it was Moonlight and the like the botched mm-hmm. announcement of mm-hmm. who won Best Picture. And yeah. in any of those cases, uh, you know, if it's got people still talking about it a couple of days later, that's that's rare. And it's, you know, those award shows, especially the Oscars, need mm-hmm. the attention. That's that's again, that's like the, that's the context for why my initial reaction was this was staged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and in terms of Jada. She hasn't said anything, but I think she was happy. That I think that her and here, here's where the the indifference part comes in, right? Um, standing up for your lady love, yeah. Knowing that some somebody has bothered her or bothered um, your significant other, let's keep it generic, um, and you 
looking like you're enjoying land on the fun, um, it's it's a weird predicament. It's a weird predicament. Um, and that's why I don't think Will is getting a lot of backlash. If it was if it was because of a joke said about him, he, I think he is getting, getting a lot, lot of backlash. backlash. He is Not, getting a lot of backlash. People I mean, have called him an embarrassment. People have said that he ruined what would have been the best night, the most like triumphant night of his acting career to win Best mm-hmm. Actor the same night. Mm-hmm. He's been getting plenty of backlash. You think but you're, you're I, saying I think it's not as bad as it would be because there's and, this element of him standing up for his wife? Yeah, and and I think here's when the your earlier uh, article headline of two Americas viewing this um, because I think it is it is kind of split where um, you know some people are like, no, you do what you do to protect the lady in your life or the person in your yep. life. Absolutely. Um, and make sure that nobody embarrasses her. Um, and obviously there's nuance in there, right? I mean, Chris Rock is a comedian. Um, he was just machine gunning jokes on everybody See, that he was looking at. like Which they do, but, which they always do at which, the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, Ricky right. Gervais famously roasted mm-hmm. everybody in the room one year. Yeah. Hey, man. And, and so, Ricky Gervais has a slappable face, so. <laughs> yes. But, like, that's why, that's why, like, <laughs> I can't like I can't just be like, oh, I would have never done that. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. things were mounting up in my relationship and we were just getting back together in terms of good good terms and things are going at least relatively back to our normal. And then somebody you know makes a joke at you know my person's expense. Like I could see myself being in that frame frame of mind. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily slap the dude but some words will be had or exchanged so it's like i don't i don't want to be too mad at will smith you know there's a couple there's a couple of things i'm thinking about i i talk about this with some people some people think that he wasn't intending to slap chris and then when he got up there then it's like nah now you laughing i'm definitely slapping you now i could see that or i could see just the just the situation just kind of he just gets lost in it. It just happens yeah. one way or another. Well, I he's already I'm on not stage. saying that would make it okay, but I can see it. It's like he had to go above and beyond what was necessary because now you're all these millions of people are watching. You just walked on stage in front of everybody. You you're not just gonna whisper in his ear at that point. My, my wife has alopecia. You should bring right. the joke. <laughs> right. He wasn't gonna do that. That would have been so, an, that would have been a shockingly uh, civil way of handling that, Russ. Anticlimactic, yes. Yeah, he, <laughs> was, he was already in a point of no return. I think at that point, once he Russ, what do you think? We were talking. What do you do? You think Jada's happy at the end of that night? Uh, <sighs> with the context that she loved Tupac more than him, I was about to say like with that context, was she at the house like I wish Tupac would have been here. She would have. She would have. Definitely spun the block on Chris Rock tonight. Mm-hmm. Will's like, I just slapped Chris Rock in front of the whole world. <laughs> isn't that, and that's isn't that not uh, yeah. um honestly, I don't I don't think she would have wanted him to put hands, but I th- definitely feel like she's just like, oh man, my man stood up for me. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's how ladies might think of that moment. I don't know what I'm saying. They they want their their man hitting or a person hitting anybody to defend them but i i think there's part of you is just like man my husband loves me enough where somebody talks about me that way 
And like, honestly, there is a history. Like Chris Rock has been making jokes about the Smiths for a little while, going back to 2016. Um, but maybe. And like, w- would you do that for a maybe? My partner is happy that I did it. Probably mm, not. I mean, like, you got to think. Like, what's what's worse? Me not doing anything, laughing at the joke, and then her being disappointed, saying I should have did something on the way home. I think he might rather just go ahead and do the slap. Was it? Was it? Was it? Should he have waited till like the Oscars after party and pulled up on Chris Rock? Because I think I think part of it is yeah. I think you made the bigger st- impact and statement smacking him during the middle of the Oscars because that's some legend shit. But the other part is, do you just, hey, you know Chris Rock's going to be at the after party, the little gay little ball that they have. You right. go, find him while he's eating a shrimp puff, shrimp ball or something like that, and be like, hey, man, I didn't appreciate the way you talked about my wife. She has a medical condition. I don't know if you realize, but we're not going to be the butt of your jokes anymore, and we didn't appreciate that. And then if Chris Rock gets bucked, then you smack the shit at him. <laughs> but, like, part of me was just like, I don't know if you pull up, like, I'm cool with on-site. I'm a big proponent of it's on-site. At the same time, do it after the show. It depends on their relationship, I think. And that's the, that's one thing I did. I was not able to discern in sorting through this and obsessing over this uh, the last two days is I, I don't really know if they're friends. That's how you – what you just described is how you'd handle it with a friend. Who crossed Not the line? Necessarily. Not necessarily. I, they've they've like, worked together and they've both been famous for a long time. But I don't know if they're. Fr- I'm not sure that they're friends. No, 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 no. I, I, I've seen people who were not friends at all, and there was beef, and it's like, yo, my man, I could have pulled up on you, but mm-hmm. I wanted to do it like this because it's more civil that way. Um, yeah. I didn't appreciate X, Y, and Z. But and then if that person gets buck, then obviously it escalates. But I, I don't know, man. Like I. I don't I one don't think you should put your hands on people. I talk about that all the time. Like you gotta stop putting your hands on people. Um Cause can you imagine, it could have been bad. It could have been worse. Yeah. If he It could have been bad. Like if Chris said, Oh no, you're not just gonna hit and then you have Chris Rock, one of the greatest comedians of all time, and Will Smith, one of the greatest actors of all time, having a full on fight in the middle of the Academy Awards. Yeah, shout out to Chris Rock. Cause like I know I don't know a lot of people that were the restraint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you got not just the restraint and not swinging back, but he like make him he didn't even react. He didn't even react. He didn't even like rub his cheek. He. he I feel like like Tony, you would you would endorse this as a not that you endorse violence necessarily, but this would be like the uh, the adult movie star celebrity version of going thirty. Just come up, I slap Mm -hmm. you, I yell at you, and then we're done with this. Yeah, yeah. I if I was Chris Rock, I don't I don't think I would have retaliated. My retaliation would have been pettiness. I would I would have dove and dug into him probably even more. Oh, kept on with the jokes? No, no. no. Well, see, Chris, not, not, not he's in not such a rage. He's in such a rage. I'm about to say, Tony, you are you already got your ass slapped. So like I, I don't yeah, know if no, you want to no. keep going down there. Oh yeah, let me mm, yeah. I would love to sue Will Smith. I would love to sue Will Smith. <laughs> I'm gonna win. It's always a scheme. The, it's always a scheme, Russ. It's always the a scheme. intellectual battle. I'm gonna win the intellectual battle. I would. I'm like, it's oh, always okay. Scheming. I'm okay. How about? All right. I'm not gonna talk about you know Jada Dan. How about I talk about you, you simp? You didn't slap August uh, August Alcina. August Alcina. 
Ah, you let that man live in your house. Right. Your man was living in your house. And then made a song about it. Now we know what Tony would do. Now we know how Tony would do hosting the Oscars. He would find out every person's most sensitive subject. He would come in there and taunt every one of them with it, ruin his career, but get punched in the process by someone famous and get rich off it. How how funny would that have been? It's always a scheme. If he would have brought up August right there. Yo, yo, you didn't hit August like that. <laughs> and, he, and he was and he was hitting you and he was hitting your queen. Mm-hmm. He didn't you didn't he didn't keep uh <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't keep uh you know Jada out of his mouth. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. That would have been my route. That would have been my All right, route. Tony, stop talking. <laughs> this is about to go bad. All right, so let me ask you the, you guys this, because this is my thing. In the mm-hmm. You know, the the everything that's happened since. Right. I think there are a lot of people out there that are like, I can't believe that Will did that. But then yeah, people like me is just like, look, I don't condone this, but. You pop off to the wrong person or at the wrong time, you're going to get hit like that still happens. Like there are too many people that don't think they can get slapped. That's what I came to conclusion at the end of the night. Like there are too many people in our world that don't think they can get slapped. I I hear what you're saying. I get your point, but this in theory is an arena where like we all kind of know it's it's a performance. Like we know Ricky Gervais or Chris Rock or Jimmy Kimmel or whoever. Ricky Gervais can there, get slapped. And they're gonna roast you and they're gonna make jokes. Like it's hey, kind hey, of you're like, gonna get hit. It's almost it's almost like it's or at least in theory, like it's not personal. I'm just doing a comedy routine and it's not personal, even though it it kind of is gonna feel personal. I mean, yeah, they you know they've I mean? been they've been to enough of these to know how this goes. Like this right. isn't just and the award for thank you. And the award for no, it's an it's a entertain that's why they hire comedians to host these things. Because there's exactly. no other way yes. for a person for to watch this thing. So yeah, you're a famous person. You're gonna get jokes about you. You're the rest of your life to the average American is great. So sit there and take a couple jokes. I think that's how a lot of, you know, maybe a lot of people would, would think of this situation is here, here you are in a in, in a privileged space of other privileged individuals. Um and you can't take a joke like Come on now, like it's if even if you have the issue with it, he he shouldn't he shouldn't have gone there and slapped Chris Rock because that could have ended. I mean, Rush, you're right. Like that could have ended very bad. Mm-hmm. And also, if the Rock would have said that joke, would he have slapped? Yeah, that's and that's my that was the other side. It's like, hey man, he Will felt like I can smack the shit out of Chris Rock. Right, right, because he's short. The Rock's presenting and makes a joke. You're not hitting a Rock. You're not hitting a. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vin, Di- Vin Diesel, Idris. He might. Vin, Vin Diesel's pretty small. But Vin Diesel, like he's brolic mm. though. Like mm. he he got yeah. some heft to him. I don't. Like, I don't even know if he'd do. I don't know even know if he'd slap Kevin Hart because Kevin Hart's short, but he's ripped too. Yeah, <laughs> like there 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 was just a I can get a, I can do this and my get man away and I go swing right. That's bullying. I mean, it was bullying. Yeah. He picked on a guy. He picked on a guy that he could get oh, away no. with it to, and not not someone that could have matched him. Uh, That's true. Russ, Russ, as a black man, seeing a black man smack a black man in front of the world from that angle, how did that make you feel? 
I didn't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get why people do that. Like, but at the same time, I much rather if like for me in that situation, I would defer to, Hey man, I'm defending my queen. And like, you could be black, you could be white, you could be Latino, the you rock. could be Asian, you could be the look. Like, if I'm defending my queen, <laughs> I gotta defend my queen no matter who it is. Like, it could be, you know, even though Ricky the rock Gervais. is a black man. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm saying like, it, but but he's in his own category because he can also <laughs> end me. But like, hey, I, I just think at the end of the day, like, I gotta defend the person I love. And Will would have had to pay the consequences if Chris decided to whoop his ass on stage, right? Um, if he turned around and walked his seat and Chris choked him out on the way, on the way, like you see, see Will definitely turned back. Mm-hmm. That, that's like, what I'm saying. He he, he, he could have easily pushed Will down some stairs. Is he about to run? Is he about to run down on me real quick? Like he's about to crack me with his mic stand? Like there's a lot of things Chris could have done. If Will would have missed the initial slap, does he keep going? I oh, like if Chris to. tries to like dodge it? If Chris successfully dodges it, does Will keep going and possibly make it a closed fist situation? Hmm. Interesting. Because he's frustrated that he now he looks stupid for swinging and missing. I'm yeah, I'm thinking that only escalates the situation. So you're so now your thesis tone is that uh, everyone's fortunate it was only a slap and that he did connect, and then that was the end of it. So Here's a here's a couple of things. So after let's fast forward ten minutes later, when Will wins Best Actor for King Richard, uh, he was great in that. By the way, have you guys seen the movie in the last ten minutes or in the last? Have you guys seen it? So, right? No, I don't. Yeah, watch, seen it? Uh, I don't watch. Uh, he, he deserved. He deserved to win. Documentaries. I watched it. It's not a, what? No, he okay. It, uh, that's a fair criticism, but nonetheless, he was incredible in that movie. Tony just does the voice. <laughs> Tony, the one voice time is, it's time. not even it's not even a real quote though. Like I watched the movie, the whole movie, waiting for the waiting for that, that moment, <laughs> waiting for Will Smith to drop that line, and it's not a real line. It's a line that Tony, Tony say, say the line that Jason thought was in the movie, but uh, it's not. Uh, Richard Williams looks around, sees the landscape of tennis, and thinks to himself, "Ain't no black people in here." <laughs> Jason was waiting the whole movie for that. He never says it once the whole movie. Oh my god, he was so disappointed. He thought it was a great movie, but he was disappointed. He was like, eh, I didn't think. I'm, to clarify, it was not a great movie. It was a fine movie, but Will Smith was great in it. That was a and and totally deserved to win. Totally deserved to win an Oscar for that. And Will Smith, like man, he he did. He was a, he did a, but so, he performed amazingly in that movie, and what a triumph that be for him at this point in his career for a guy who was uh, you know kind of a, a a joke as an actor at the beginning, and has gone on to play a lot of do a lot of challenging roles, including this one, and wins an Oscar for it. Like I I, I have a little bit of sympathy for him that he kind of screwed up his big night. This one, yeah. Go ahead, Russ. You were, you but, were, what, what was the point you were making? No, no. We got no I was just gonna Tony's, say he, he Tony's award. In, uh, Richard Williams impersonation. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's totally fine. So, like, he wins the award, and then he gives a speech apologizing to the Academy, apologizing to everybody, and then crying, talking about, like, you do some crazy things for love. Cool. Uh, didn't apologize to Chris, because, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm not sorry. Smacking the shit out of you. Um, 
but then later came out on Tuesday and apologized yeah. um, for, for the name. incident and apologized to Chris by name uh, and that how he didn't condone violence, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to say this. It was just announced last week or two weeks ago. Chris Rock is going on tour with Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and man. He's going to make a lot of money. I it's think there's going to be a lot of money made. It's a good time to drop a tour. Now it's, a, it's just up to Chris on how petty does he want to Yeah, get. well, see, that's my that was, that was my next question. Like, are, do you, now that you've seen that Will is about that life, like, he, this man came on stage during the biggest night of his life and smacked the shit out of me and then won an Oscar 10 minutes later. Um, do I then make jokes again about that night and that moment and his wife and relationship? Oh, you got to. Knowing Russ, that he got, will pull up on me. You got him, Russ, you got him like checking the floor seats at the United Center, making sure Will Smith's not in the audience. That well, night. see, that's the thing, because it's like I, you give him the benefit of the doubt at the Oscars because he didn't know Will was going to pull up on him. Now you know Will going to pull up on if you. He does it again. Yeah. Oh, if he does it again, Will Smith is going to jail. So I, I don't think the fear. Yeah, because now you now you playing with me. Right. I think Will Smith is, is will probably go to jail. And I think Chris should be confident in that. Like, if anything happens, oh my God. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to send Will Smith no. to prison with the. No. Stop. And I'm pretty no. sure the. Stop it. Will Smith. Stop it. No. Tony, no, you can't say that. Leave all of that. You know, you can't say that word on here. You know that. I, here's what here's what I'd be confident in if I was Chris Rock. I'd be confident in his uh, comedic intellect that he can find some ways to make really, really funny jokes about this incident without them being uh, a particular personal affront to the Smiths. There's nothing, and I mean nothing, more valuable than your sleep. And because of that, your sheets should be of the highest quality. That's why you need to work with our friends at Sheets and Giggles. They use the highest quality hypoallergenic materials in their bedding so that you get the best sleep possible. Sheets and Giggles offer soft, breathable sheets that will make you run in your bed. But they're also made with sustainable eucalyptus lyocell threads. Not only will you get a great night's sleep, but you'll help the environment as well. This isn't just a one-way street either. They're the same sheets that are on my bed right now. I got the pearl-colored sheets. And listen, I get hot at night, but the eucalyptus lyocell threads keep me nice and cool. Combine that with my Sheets and Giggles comforter, and your boy's going to be knocked out. Use our promo code SA23. That's SA23 to get 23% off your next order at SheetsGiggles.com. Don't waste any time. Head over to Sheets and Giggles and get ready for the best night's sleep you've ever had. Well, you guys have tried to get me to watch some shows. And uh, like Russ, you know, you're always talking about Euphoria and I'll pass. Mm-hmm. And Tony got... Got me watching Flavor, not Flavor of Love. What is it called? Love is <laughs> Flavor Blind. Flavor of Love again? Love is Blind. No, no, Flavor of Love was great. I would watch that again before I'd watch. I, I, Tony had me watch Love and Blind, Love is Blind, and I was kind of miserable all the way through it. So the new one that you guys have been on me about, or at least Tony has, I think maybe he kind of he kind of prompted you to watch it too, Russ, was Winning Time on HBO about the Showtime Lakers and how they kind of got started with Jerry Buss and Magic Johnson. And uh, I, I only have had time. I've been very, very busy even though I'm down here like in Palm Beach and it sounds like some great assignment, like it's 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or more, whatever, every day. Uh, I watched only the first two episodes and loved it. It's a great, great 
show and you should not watch it like it's a documentary. They, they tell you that up front. It's mm-hmm. kind of an, it's partly based on a book that I think Jeff Perlman wrote about the Showtime Lakers, but it's kind of think of it as like uh, an imagination of what this must've been like or a comedic rendition of, you know, thank you. That's the fancy word for it. Yes. And it's super, super, super well acted and funny. And I love the show. So thank you, Tony, for once for having me watch this. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's a, now it's one of those shows and, and I get why the people, the real life people, uh, that are impacted by this show would be upset. Um, because it Jerry does West require yeah, a lot of nuance from the watcher. Uh, but to their credit, they've been upfront with how this show is going to be, um, about, look, we take a lot of liberties with this. It's based off, you know, events, but we took liberties with this to make the product more enjoyable. Uh, but I get how they could be upset by it, but it's really good. It's so good. It's so creative. <laughs> that it's, it's, Russ, it's, it's, it's like I think we're gonna, four episodes in. I think they've done four episodes at the time that we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you What do you love about it? it a particular uh, character or storyline or scene? Like what? Have, how far? How far have you watched all four episodes? How far along are I'm, you? I, what, have, I've watched, what have you loved? I've watched it? three. I watched three of the four episodes. Haven't watched the one from yeah. this week yet. We'll do that before uh, episode five comes out. I, I think one, first and foremost, John C. Riley as, as Jerry Buss is oh, mm. fantastic, Ooh. right? That's a guy who's going to win a lot of awards for, mm-hmm. for this role. Him and Zendaya, like, do you like, HBO do you like him in general? Locked up. Do you like John C. Riley overall? I, I, he's one of my favorite comedy actors. Chicago I mean, native. There you go. Chicago, big Chicago guy. I, I was, I'm not like a, oh, John C. Riley, but like, he's super dope in this. Uh, yeah, and like some of the <laughs> some of the the, the storylines with obviously he's like Magic being this kid from Lansing, Michigan, and then going off to Big Bad Los Angeles and being a wild no, boy. No, that's the, that's the thing, Russ. The way the story is like, no, Magic was already a wild boy. Yes, he just needed a bigger platform. To right, be a wild he was boy. just like I was just looking. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to get me to act up, and I was gonna act up like. That man out there looking, <laughs> and then, whoo, like he was going crazy. Like he, the basketball scene at the with park his, where he's, uh, yeah, now we know his wife and like boyfriend. playing, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. playing Cookie's current boyfriend, uh, in pickup, telling like, oh, I did this to her and I did that to her, and I, you ain't done nothing yet. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the dude goes, I'm not with her for her body. And he's like, oh, you with her for a soul. Well, <laughs> I blanked that too. Um, like that is crazy. You know, I'm, and like for me, like dude just walks off, right? And mm-hmm. like I'm taking my ball and going home. How do you not spin the block on, on magic? Like magic would have been, hey, you just you just passed away that day, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, you I, can't I, talk to me like that. I tweet. I tweet. We should clarify, I, by the way, the character of Magic Johnson on the correct, show. not yeah. the actual Magic Johnson. Right. I'm you not going to. We Magic can just play. say that right now, right? As a blanket statement, when we're discussing this, we know, <laughs> and we assume this you, the not, audience, also knows. Yes, these are characters. This is not the real anybody. 
And any legal team out there representing Magic Johnson, we are talking about the characters (laughs) in the show. You know, I I tweeted something out after the first first two episodes um, that now I, I get why him and Michael get along so well. They both assholes. They're, right. They're both just hyper. In, on the, on the show. Or at least on, on the, the show. Best. On the yeah. show. On yeah, the I show. just said this. I what? just no, said this. No, I, I'm framing it in, in, in real world where the connection to real world can be had is they were both super hyper competitive individuals. Magic just smiled more. Like he just went about it in a different way. But in terms of wanting to destroy an opponent or demean an opponent, um, that was Magic. He just smiled a lot more. Like, I can get how him and Michael can be kindred spirits um, from, from that aspect. But in terms of the the nuts and bolts of the storyline of Jerry Buss being rich but not actually rich, um, you know, like yeah. the those details I, I found also extremely interesting about how Dr. Jerry Buss, who we have in this regard as – you know, one of the pioneers and all these things was he was taking a gamble on, on a failing product. Yeah, that, that part America of it's true. Did not that like. part of it's real. Yeah, like and that, that, even the the actual true parts are these really games were uh, the finals games were t- on tape delay at that point. tape delay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and other other owners didn't like him. Yep. Because he was this brash, I'm going to do it my way, I'm about fun, and he, they're just like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, even the outside of the actual the entertaining parts of it, the actual story of how the Lakers came to be, you know, one of the greatest sports franchises, you know, in, in sports is also extremely interesting, too. Russ, I think this is a first of its kind. And show unless I'm missing something where it's a, a really really well done sports comedy. I know that we've had other sports dramatizations that were at least at first considered good with playmakers and ballers and whatever else, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if there's been a a like exaggerated reality comedy sports show like i mean would you call this a sitcom i don't know what you, it's not a sitcom but it's definitely a comedy and it's really really comedy? really well done it's really yeah, well done and one of the thing, yeah. one of the things this makes me think of tone is like john c riley is very very funny in the show mm-hmm. and it makes me it, it i think sometimes people don't respect comedic actors and like steve carell is a guy that comes to mind for me of like john c riley to be a really funny actor you have to actually be a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't work. Like, they're doing a lot of things on this show. They're breaking the fourth wall, then having to come back. Like, how do you, like, to do that, obviously we've seen movies, characters, particularly comic book, right, break the fourth wall where they're talking to the audience. Like, we've seen that. But to dive back in where this is not a, like a monologue show where, you know, somebody is talking to the audience and then jump. No, they're right. The show is happening. Things are happening in the show. Then they're looping you in, looking to you directly in the face as the audience member to keep you engaged into what's going on and then bringing it back. Like, yeah, that, that requires a lot of skill and a lot of good writing. And Adam McKay is obviously great 
you know, one of he is in his prime right now in terms of being a director yeah. and, and creating things. He's obviously awesome, but him bringing John C. Riley in, who he has a a a excellent connection with. It used to be Will Ferrell too, but you know Adam McKay and Will Ferrell got you know beef now. Uh, but do, they really, do. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Can uh, you can you like enlighten me very quickly, or is that too much of a uh, derailment of your point? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of derailment, but I can summarize okay. it. But we'll yeah, get, just okay. Go ahead. Yeah, just creative creative differences. Um, where. Will thought that he should be consulted on a couple things creatively. Adam was like, nah, not really on a couple things, even though they've been successful together on a bunch of different uh, yeah. product projects. Um, yeah, it just, I think creative differently, creative differences kind of led to them actually ending uh, the friendship up to now. But you You're can right, see, I mean, he's done, he's done so many great movies mm -hmm. and most recently before this was don't look up. Um, mm -hmm. And that when you talk about like that breaking through and then going back from the fourth wall like that's mm -hmm. that's like the adam mckay signature to me yeah you yeah know to do that well you can you can tell the how well that they work together john c riley and adam mckay specifically because he is killing this role as dr jerry bus and also like again it requires a lot of nuance from the watcher but you can you can also assume again just based off the characters of the show who want to protect their show legally, um, in the eighties, in the high point of free love and, and and all that, like they were all being wild boys, and I don't I don't view anybody differently. It was the the state of the time. Like the, I guess the person that's really getting it on the show is is Jerry West. I actually think that this makes Jerry West even more personal. I don't know him personally. But from what you read and what you see, he's been a great man. He's been a great basketball mind just in general. I think him and Larry Bird might be the greatest basketball minds in the history of the sport. Um, I would lean more Jerry West on that point. But even if this is 100% true, you know, obviously with how angry that he gets, it still shows his battle with, you know, mental illness um, and trauma that he went through. And I think it, it makes him even more likable, in my opinion. I, I I I agree with Tony. Um, I, I I'm just excited for how the show continues to build, right? Because I was hooked after the first episode, the first scene. Right? <laughs> for yeah, and and there's a lot of time. I, I, where... The first scene made me laugh for us. The first scene, I I let let like one of my favorite parts of the whole. The whole two hours of it I've watched is in the first 15 seconds after he gets out of bed, he takes a brush and brushes his chest hair up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wait, hold on. Ain't the first scene magic, magic finding out at the clinic? He, yeah. Yeah. That that because yeah. Let's be, let's make it clear. That's not the scene I'm talking about. You're okay, right. Okay. Well, yeah. you, that's the I'm first scene the of the show. Scene. I I, if, well, I meant the scene where he's laying in bed talking about that. basketball. Yeah. Okay, yes. So like the Jerry first, first, scene, bed, first John Riley and then he scene. gets out of bed. Yes, the John C. Riley scene where he as Jerry Buss gets out of bed and is getting himself ready in the morning and takes a brush and brushes his chest there. Yeah, the the I'm gonna buy a basketball team. That yes. I was about to be like, uh gentlemen, the first scene magic just got told he had AIDS. Right, that's not the one I meant. H right, HIV correct. HIV. HIV. Uh, HIV, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Tony clean that up. 
I'll tell it too. So, uh, okay. I think I think the key, Russ, is you got to be able to watch this as entertainment and not try to. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Be sitting there. Yes. Be sitting there, being like, "Well, how much of this is real? How much of this isn't? How accurate is it? that?" You can't watch it like that. It. This is popcorn. You just gotta just enjoy it. Don't don't try to watch this like figuring out what parts of it are legitimate. That's what the last dance is for. I mean, it was it was it was based off a book. So if you actually want to know the the facts about the Showtime Lakers, there's or an from actual that perspective, yeah. right? There's an actual book that you can read with just the facts. So I, w- I would recommend reading that book if you are interested in the topic. All right, Tone, let's get into some bullshit. Let it rip. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. Sheet. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. Welcome to Russ Dorsey's new favorite segment, I believe. I call bullshit. Yeah. You like this. You like this. It's one of Tony's better ideas or better uh, intros. You want to hear better ideas. I liked it. Thank you. Maybe next we'll do, uh, maybe our next uh, uh, iteration of this will be uh, Russ takes a sheet on one of Jason's ideas. You'd like that too, wouldn't you? Yeah, think of one or two. Well, or can I, I'll take a sheet on Tony's ideas. I'll really enjoy that game. I Call Bullsheet is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Our beloved sponsor, and they have great, great sheets. Tony, tell them how much you love their sheets. What, give, give us a, a, one of your classic endorsements of Sheets and Giggles. So earlier in the show, if you weren't paying attention, uh, I, I cupped my hands. Um, and I that's what the sheets should, Never mind. No, stop. Do no, we, your got body. we got it. Thank you. They thank you. Thank you. Thank well. you. Thank you. Hold on. Hold on. But uh, no, I, Tony no. does. They do cup you. I mean, it's it's so You, your, your partner, like, like it. If you if you want to set the mood, get you some sheets and giggles. And like, as Tony mentioned a couple weeks ago, even if you're by yourself, set the mood for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're goofing around, but it's true. Like you really like these sheets will anything any anything that you do in your bed will be made better by things. sheets and giggles. Make you feel things. They'll make you feel things, Tony. There you go. Perfect. Um, sheets and giggles. You can go on. Uh, you can go to sheetsgiggles.com and you can get 23% off by using our promo code SA. Get you 23% off the eucalyptus sheets that we all use and love and have certainly mm-hmm. upgraded our beds with that. Uh, Russ, what would you like to call bullshit on this week? I'm calling bullshit on Twitter tough guys. Uh, after the slap heard around the world at the Oscars, <laughs> you had so many people, I would have slapped the sh- I would have whoop will smith's ass no no you would not have you would have been just like chris rock shocked that you got slapped <laughs> on stage at the oscars um why is that yeah, never I, okay I, why is it why is it not okay to just be so shocked that you don't know what to do in a situation no i think that, no i think that's okay i think that's fine like the whole i'm i would have done this why are there always second like, guessers no. Right, like no, you would have just been up there, got slapped. That's mm-hmm. what you. That's it's what you literally never happened. You're talking about at an award show on global mm-hmm. television, a, a, a two A-listers. One of them walks up and slaps the other in the face on the stage in the middle of the show, and you're like, I know what I'd do in that situation. No, you don't. 
No, no, you don't. <laughs> you had a couple days to think about it. Head knocked off. <laughs> I agree with you on that. <laughs> well, that's that's who I'm calling bullshit on the Twitter tough guys. I'm calling bullshit on the new NFL overtime rule, which I'm guessing I'm kind of in the minority on this. I'm guessing everybody likes this because there was a lot of momentum for it after that Bills Chiefs game. The new rule is now every each side is guaranteed a possession because it seemed, it was just such a such an injustice that you have games where one team wins the coin toss. Last year, Pat Mahomes wins the coin toss, goes down in four minutes, scores a touchdown, and the game's over without Josh Allen ever getting a chance. I'm calling this the Josh Allen rule. I, I don't think the overtime rule was really that bad. I think sudden death was okay. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that we're we're so upset, we're so like bothered by it's such an overreaction to this game. I know it's happened in other games. It happened in the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But like the the Bills had their chances to win that game, just like the Falcons had their chances to win that. You get your chances to stop them. Like don't give up two touchdowns or don't give up ten points in the last minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And if the Bills had gotten their gotten a chance and scored a touchdown. They would have had to stop the Chiefs at some point. They would have had yeah. to stop them on the next possession, or they would have lost then. Like we can't be here forever doing it like college football. I, I, the overtime rules are not were not perfect. Sudden death is not a perfect solution to this, but it was it was reasonable enough. We, we oh, don't yeah. we don't need to overreact to this one game last year. Oh yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. And I didn't think the NFL would do it, but they did it. They admitted overwhelmingly. That, yeah, they admitted that defense doesn't matter. That we hold defense in today's NFL at a lower regard than we do offenses. Meaning, look, you can't – we know that you can't stop as a defense. And as a defender, I would take that as an insult. I would seriously be insulted that the league – and obviously there are rules that promotes offense um, in terms of how they call the game. But still, w- what is that saying about every year there's a – every year there's a dominant defense, right? We – Defense is going to be able to to stop people, but now with this new rule, you're saying, "Hey, we we know you're not going to be able to stop, you know these these high powered offenses, no matter how many great defenders, no matter how many Hall of Famers." Is just we just want the offense now, and I thought I, it was an overreaction. So that's that's crazy. I, I don't think there's a lot of people lining up behind you and me. Obviously, the owners mm-hmm. voted. I think it was twenty nine to three in favor of it, and they did so. Presumably because there was a lot of uh, fan momentum for that, especially after that particular game, because the ending felt anticlimactic to some people. I didn't really feel that like it was anticlimactic. That that's how NFL games are played. Those rules have been there. That particular rule has been there for ten years. Sudden death had been there for who knows how long before that. Go ahead, Russ. I don't think it's like gimmicky though. Like I look at it as how the NHL does the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Where Hey, in the playoffs, there is no shootout to determine yeah. who wins this game. Like you have to go we just and play win. forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Like in the playoffs, when you have two high powered offenses in one of the greatest games of all time, it shouldn't end because somebody yeah. didn't get the ball. Right. I'm fine. Especially in that situation. It's not like saying, hey, for every regular season game, like whatever. But like in those biggest moments, you should be able to have the opportunity to get the ball once. It's and it's not like in college, like all right, both offenses get the ball at twenty five yards. Like that would have felt super shootouty to me. 
Would that game have? Would the ending of that game have been more exciting to you if the Chiefs go down, score a touchdown, then the Bills get the ball, and Josh Allen ends up throwing incomplete on fourth and seventeen or whatever? I mean, that's not really yes. a thrilling ending to me. Well, I just but see, I think people think of this as being the first time, but it goes back to twenty eighteen when Mahomes won MVP. They're in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they lose to the, the Patriots, where yeah. the reigning MVP didn't even get to touch the ball in overtime. And then they go on to the Super Bowl, right? Like, I I understand that, hey, these are the biggest moments. That's a playoff game. Um, when it happened to, um, you know, in this Chiefs-Bills game, it's a playoff game. Like, it, these are games that in the middle of October that nobody's thinking about. Like, these are huge games. Tony, what do you want to call bullshit on this week? I want to call bullshit on NBA MVP voters. Okay. And here's why. Um the best player or at least the best player statistically uh in my opinion the most important player in the NBA is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Um he won MVP last year almost as a what it felt like as well everybody else is hurt so we'll give it to him. That's what it felt like from the voters last year. And now they're doing whatever it takes to not give him the award again, even though he is the most singular force to winning to any team, to any player, to their team in the NBA. Um, He already put up historic numbers that nobody's seen before last season. And he's doubled down on that by putting even better numbers and becoming more efficient as, as a basketball player. And for some reason, the American bias, the the showy athleticism bias is not giving him his just due as a basketball player. And I get it. You know, he plays in Denver. He's on West Coast time. Um, All majority of the riders are on the East Coast. Like, I understand all of that. But if they are entrusted to give this award out to the most valuable player, they need to do that and not try and spread it around. And, and do that, if he's deserving to be back-to-back MVP, then he needs to be back-to-back MVP. His on-off numbers are ridiculous. They are barely, barely an NBA team if he's not playing basketball right now. Well, um, yeah. And it, I was going to – go ahead. No, and, and it's ridiculous that, you know, obviously I am a Joel Embiid fan. I like Joel Embiid. He's played great. But nobody – has played better basketball in the NBA than Jokic has the last two seasons, and the disrespect is annoying. I agree with you, Tony, and I think because of the way the Sixers have played this last couple of weeks or so, I think the right thing is going to be done, and Jokic is going to win the back-to-back MVPs because you're right, he deserves this. And when you think about he's doing all of this, playing at the exact same, if not, a higher level than he did last year mm. without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and they're just as good. Like that's insane. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's going to resolve itself. If it doesn't, that would be a huge mistake. Like the last reigning or back-to-back MVP we've had Giannis mm-hmm. uh, and then Steph Curry uh, was also back-to-back MVP. So yeah, definitely deserving. And I understand why you, you would feel that way how, how did you how are you aware of the slight what do you when you say that the voters are not giving him 
his dude tone. What are you what are you basing that on? So you you kind of gauge it on right, like you know, the NBA puts out power rankings, Sports Center, ESPN, they put out power rankings. Um, you see the conversation and where it's going in terms of uh, uh, people, voters uh, locally, you know, for example, they're going, they get asked questions, oh, who do you think is MVP? And it's crazy to me that Jokic isn't front and center, number one. And these are supposed to be the people that are, are voting these things. Like all NBA, like they're important to the game. And not acknowledging that, hey, maybe I don't, after covering a game, I don't stay up to watch what Jokic is doing, you know, if I'm on the East Coast. Like, if you're entrusted with this vote, it's your job to stay up and watch that guy. Or at yeah, least look at the I, box part score. of the job description is that you work nights. <laughs> or at least look at the box score and look what he's doing every night. Like, it's, it, it's, I'm trying to get the audience to understand how stupid this dude is playing the last two years, that it's it's not even close, the numbers and the, the way he's playing basketball right now. It's something that we've literally never seen. And I know I use literally flippantly, you know, on this show and in real life, but in this case, I am not lying. He is he is on a historic pace these last two years, and it's ridiculous that people aren't promoting him and pushing him. Yeah, if, if Tony, uh, before I'll let Tony catch his breath there. <laughs> he put out a lot of energy. It's not like it's like twenty five. I think I get you, Tony. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think he, he, he brought it's effort, like Russ. He finally he did it. He I brought it. not yes, when that we was, there was a lot of effort, he did. and now he but needs he an inhaler and oxygen tank. Uh, it's not like it's twenty five and seven. Like that dude is putting up like forty seven, fifteen, and eighteen. Like <laughs> the numbers he he's putting up is. 2K set it on rookie with all the sliders up. Tony is indignant. And uh, I, I also love, Tone, you just thrown in there that your admission of uh, constant misuse of the word literally. Yeah, I, I appreciate to, you know, appreciate yeah. the self-awareness. Uh, Tony's self-awareness and the I Call Bullshit segment are brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Again, you can get 23% off at SheetsGiggles.com. Excellent, incredible, comfortable sheets. You got Mother's Day coming up, Father's Day coming up. I'm sure you got birthdays and stuff coming up. And really, in Chicago, you got summer coming up. And these things are perfect for the summer because they don't get Mm – Exactly. Thank you, Russ. So you can get 23% off at SheetsGiggles.com using promo code SA. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to that was not the slap? Well, I guess, but the slap there was, was other the conversation news. was pretty fun. I, depending on if you ask the timeline, there was not. <laughs> I know. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Uh, quick Chicago Bears update, Russ, if you remember. It's been a little while. This is the segment where we re- reassure everyone that everything's fine with the Chicago Bears. And maybe it actually is. We don't know right now. We're actually not sure. But everything sure wasn't fine uh, under the old administration. And Ryan Poles, the new Bears GM, is now trying to clean up that mess, which is quite a job. Welcome to the Toxic Waste site. Ryan Poles. 
he's particularly doing some cleanup work at quarterback, Russ, where he signed Trevor Simeon to be the backup quarterback to Justin Fields. And in doing so, said straight up on the record in public, uh, he's better than Nick Foles and we're going to try to trade Nick Foles, which is very obvious that they would try to do that. But it's not usually something you just come right out and just say because it's so obvious, because the other 31 teams already know. You might remember that uh, Nick Foles signed like an $80 million something deal with the Jags that they tried to get rid of like in a week. And (laughs) people said you can you'll never trade that contract and then ring ring ryan pace on line one uh not only can you trade it to us we'll give you a fourth round pick for it and then commit 24 million dollars over three years to nick Foles, essentially fully guaranteed if he does end up on the bears this year they got to find a job for him not not playing football but like doing something maybe the, he's, he's got to do groundskeeping mailroom he, he's got to earn that money you can't just take the checks man uh in taking new orleans backup trevor simeon Andy Dalton, the former Bears quarterback, signs with the Saints to be Jameis Winston's backup. Jameis Winston, not exactly on solid footing, like probably should be a starter in the NFL, but uh, the Bears will probably go down. Ryan Pace will probably go down as the last guy trying to give Nick Foles and Andy Dalton starting jobs. You never want to be the last guy on that because if you are, you're too late already. That was weird, like Ryan Poles just saying that, and I'm like, is he though? Like, I mean, does it matter? Like, you would think he would get somebody similar to Justin Fields in terms of play style, so you don't have to change yeah. up the offensive script so much. But yeah, I I just kind of thought maybe that's his man's, and he's just looking out for his man's and wants to give him a backup gig because. I, Maybe he's smarter than me at football, obviously, but it didn't make any football sense that he would go out of his way to get Trevor Simeon. Well, it was like two years, four million or something like that. I think it's more evidence of how much he's probably Ryan Poles must just be absolutely mystified at the Nick Foles contract that he inherited. Mm -hmm. Russ, if you're the Saints and you have to play your backup quarterback, are you wanting Andy Dalton in there or are you wanting Taysom Hill? Like, what are you, what are you doing? 10 times out of 10, Andy Dalton. And okay, I, the, right. the fact that Dennis Allen, new head coach who was their defensive coordinator and then took over for Sean Payton was just like, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're going to end the uh, Taysom at quarterback thing. And uh, he's just going to play tight end. And they, they gave that guy a lot of money to like pretend to play quarterback. And now he's a, you know, uh, an almost a, not almost an overpriced tight end. So there you go. I mean, it's the right call, isn't it? I mean, like I never really felt like. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I love that outside was, the box thinking in general, but I did that, yeah. that one just didn't work. No, he wasn't good enough at the position of quarterback. Like, if you wanted to do, hey, make him a tight end, an H back, wide receiver, like the things he was doing, it was great, and I think he'll be a pretty decent tight end. Like he ran, runs a four four. He has really good hands. He's caught touchdowns in the NFL. Like he's a matchup, bad matchup, you know, against different, you know, linebackers and whatever. So I think that works and I think he'll be pretty productive. But like pretending that he was going to be the quarterback after Drew Brees, that was never going to work. People saw right through that. That was funny. I mean, they spent all this time. They really thought that. 
waiting for Lamar Jackson to be converted, and they were spending all this time trying to make Taysom Hill a quarterback. <laughs> that was not on the news rundown. So I can, if would you like me to get back to the news rundown? Is it is it more slaps? Did anybody? Did other uh, people in the world get slapped? Looking here, no. Oh, Not as of Tuesday night when we're recording. I'm sorry. Right. I'm disappointed. America Maybe can't handle more than slap. one slap right now. We're still we're still on the previous slap. We're going to be on that. For no, no, no. Days. That slap is going to stand for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny Manziel. You remember him? Yes. When I say that name, you know who I'm talking about, Tone? Johnny Manziel? Yeah. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. What did he go in the draft? Like 22nd or something like that? He was a high pick. Yeah, I mean, he was a first rounder, but it wasn't like, yeah. you know. Top ten or anything. Uh, he wants to return to football. Texas. Saying no, no, very misleading <laughs> nickname, Mister Football. He, yeah. Yes, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, he wants to return. To, he wants to return to Texas A and M, either as a student or possibly as an assistant coach under Jimbo Fisher. Fisher, or uh, or, or maybe a little bit of both. Um, Absolutely not. He, you're going to say no on that. Yeah, I'm with Tom. Not the person I yeah. want around my student athletes. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I learned in my uh, digging on this story that in order to do that, uh, either one, be a student or an assistant coach at Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel would have to set aside his football career. Did you know that he is still playing football somewhere? I not in the not. NFL. So it's okay that you didn't know. Not in the NFL or the Arena League or any of the other ones that you've heard of. Or CFL. He is about, or... There's another one, and I didn't know this existed. Uh, he is about to play in the fan-controlled football league. Have you ever heard of the fan-controlled football league? I have not. The FCFL. I have. this up. It's I will Tony be Serta. promoting okay. that. It's a part of uh... – an NBC product, so I will be promoting that. Oh, there we go. Uh, oh, no, no, no. They didn't pray for advertising. They can't get – bleep that shit out. It is televised, I, 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 though, Russ. That's, that's all I said. That's all I said. I said on my nah, personal nah. platforms. He's just, he's just nah. giving you information. He would have said the same thing if it was on ESPN or CBS or whatever. Uh, I, so, anyway, I looked up the fan-controlled football league, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it is seven-on-seven on, seven on a 50-yard field, and – uh, it's, it looks a little bit like arena football if you're watching uh, like a YouTube clip of it or something, but it is fan controlled. So fa- so personnel moves, for example, and play calls are determined by fan vote during the game. And uh, my favorite thing that I found out about this was that last year, Marshawn Lynch was doing some color commentary during the broadcast. And I'd like you to hear just a little sample of the kind of analysis Marshawn was giving the people watching the FCFL. And now, Tony Gill reads. What's up, gentlemen? How are you guys doing tonight? You look very distinguished, Tony, with the glasses, yes. Those don't look like your glasses. Are those someone else? Are those like your mom's or... This is uh, Tony Gill's fiance's glasses. I have misplaced. Yeah, I was gonna say they don't uh, look like men's. my glasses, um, but they still get the job done. Feel me? Feel me? You know, stop me? Still get the job done. 
Well, doesn't it mess you up? They're not the same. They're not the same prescription that you have, are they? Doesn't it? Oh, you see right with those? Yeah, it's it's the same prescription or near the same prescription. Okay, so all right, we are all good here. Tony Gill with glasses, back with another reading from Marshawn Lynch. This is Marshawn Lynch doing analysis, doing a broadcast last year, talking about how he liked to play in this league. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and throw back this Caesar salad with the croutons and all this bleep and go ahead and take me a nice fat bleep. Get my stomach all right and everything. And then I'm going out there and running for 200 on a 50 yard feet. Russ, I could use more of that in my NFL broadcast, I think. <laughs> could you? Do you think yeah, I uh, could use Marshawn Lynch, third man in the booth, or Marshawn Lynch, sideline reporter? <laughs> I don't know what the networks would think about that, but I'm with you, and I think the fans are too. Maybe if they did it on Amazon, maybe somewhere where you can talk, where you can say whatever you want. Where swearing is okay? Uh, I would, I would think it is. If it's on Amazon, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's governed by the FCC. Uh, no. Quick update for you, Russ, that I'm sure you've been eager to hear. Um, do you remember uh, last month or sometime in the past month, uh, we talked about a man who was caught, uh, an American who was caught smuggling snakes and horned lizards in his pants, trying to yes. come in from Mexico to California. Yes. You I will remember. be. You will be so surprised, Russ to hear that the U.S. government says this wasn't his first time smuggling animals illegally into the country. Huh. Not the first. Could you imagine the bad luck if it was his first time? The first time <laughs> yeah, he's ever tried to smuggle lizards in caught. his underpants, he got caught. Dang. Bad luck. Uh, the feds <laughs> allege that this man has smuggled over 1,700 reptiles into the United States to sell since 2016. Over 1,700 in the last six years. This is what he's been doing for a job, I assume. I don't know how you'd have time for anything what else. What are lizards going for on the open market? Jeez. He uh, included, Russ, in addition to these snakes and uh, horned lizards that we talked about last time, he has allegedly smuggled baby crocodiles, Mexican beaded lizards, and box turtles uh, imported from Mexico and Hong Kong. And uh, here's the sweet part of the story, though. He is, uh, uh, according to the feds, they believe that he has been doing it with the help of his sister. So it's kind of a nice little family business. Jeez. And finally, Russ, a flamingo that escaped a zoo in Kansas, because, you know, that's where flamingo should be, Kansas. I'm sure they love it there. Uh, a, a flamingo that escaped a zoo in Kansas in 2005 2005 was spotted this month on the Gulf Coast of Texas in Port Lavaca, about an hour or so north of Corpus Christi on the Gulf. Uh, somebody took a video of it and they were able to, the, the Texas Wildlife Commission or whatever it's called there, Fish and Wildlife, Parks and Wildlife, was able to zoom in the video and see the tag on this, identifying it as number 492, which is also its name, apparently, from this zoo. And it was just kind of chilling on the Gulf. And officials are not going to try to like capture it or anything because, A, it's very difficult to capture a flamingo. And, B, it seems to be doing just fine if 17 years later it's just 
chilling outside Corpus Christi doing just fine. Uh, one of this was one of 39 flamingos that was shipped to this zoo in Kansas from Africa in 2004. This is the Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, two of them that had not had their wings clipped escaped during a storm in the summer of 05. One was never seen again, but this one, number 492, this one's pretty resilient. This flamingo, according to the Associated Press, has been spotted in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and Texas. He's savage. All right. Yeah, let him All live right. at that point. Yeah, let him rock. Sounds like they are. Sounds like they're yeah. like, hey, you've, you've earned it, buddy. Like, yeah, we get it. You're not going back to the zoo. <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of Sports Adjacent. As always, our podcast is sponsored by the wonderful folks over at Cheats and Giggles. Use our promo code SA, that is SA, to get 23% off your next order at CheatsGiggles.com. They have sheets fitted. They have flannel sh- or flannel sheets, jersey sheets, and made from the wonderful, high-quality eucalyptus threads that keep your body cool, nice and soft, cup you, in the words of Tony Gill. That's a quote directly from him. Um, Tony, we're going to have to start writing these things down, all your descriptions for these sheets and giggle sheets. Can, Can you give us another pitch tone, but one that we can definitely use without having to bleep out, please? You know how sometimes your nipple gets chafe? Oh, okay. That's not where I thought um, it was going, but okay. I, they really I, soothe I do, yes. the chest. They really soothe the nipple where it just holds it tight. It's like it's like a kiss, like you know? Just lay them right across your body as you're going to sleep and just let your nipples drift into dreamland. All right. Russ Russ looks we like he it. agrees. Sheets and giggles. They kiss your nipples. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wasn't where I was going with that, but okay. Um, as long as we sell said. some sheets, that's cool. Uh, I, I, if, I'm flustered. I feel like Chris Rock. You're flustered. Uh, 23% <laughs> off by using promo code SA at sheetsgiggles.com. Sheetsgiggles.com. Uh, make sure you're listening to the podcast. You guys have been doing a great job. Make sure you're sharing it on your all your socials. Tell a friend, buy some sheets. Go on, whether you you listen on Spotify, Apple, or iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content, give us five stars, leave a nice review, we'll read them. Or your Sheets and Giggles reviews. Like, hey, if you bought some sheets, send us your description like Tony gives us, and we will read them on air. We definitely will, because we enjoy them. Um, Yes, if they're good. Gentlemen, anything for the fine folks before they go? You can. I think our email address is on our Twitter page, right? Or do you know what it is? We should probably it's, know the email address. If that's it's, what it's, send it's, you can tweet us. And tweet it at us if that's easy. It's sportsadjacent at gmail.com, right? There you go. Send us your your descriptions and reviews of our sheets and giggle sheets. Um, always remember, folks, you can still get slapped. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.